Hi guys, and welcome back to Prestige Unleashed. On this episode, we've got Ollie, who is another one of Chris's staff members, and believe me, his story is not to be missed. We were meant to have Tom on this episode, but unfortunately he's not been very well over the last couple of weeks. But believe me, his episode is coming soon, and that's another one not to be missed. Don't forget to do all that nice stuff like liking and sharing it with a friend. And if you can, please leave us a review. It really does help. Now let's get into the episode. Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Ryan. Welcome to our brand new podcast, where we dive deep into the fascinating world of life, business and everything in between. That's right, we're two friends turned business partners and we're here to share our unique experiences, stories and insights with all of you. Get ready for unfiltered conversations, epic tales and a whole lot of laughter along the way. We believe in keeping it real and having authentic discussions that resonate with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hustling to make your dreams a reality or simply someone seeking inspiration and entertainment, this is the podcast designed for you. We've both been through the highs and the lows and we've experienced the wins and the losses and we've learned valuable lessons along the way. Now we're ready to unleash that knowledge and wisdom to help you navigate on your own journey. So buckle up and join us as we uncover the secrets of success, unravel the mysteries of life, and have a great time doing it. Stay tuned for engaging interviews with industry experts, practical tips and tricks, and a healthy dose of our signature banter. We promise to keep it real, keep it fun, and keep you coming back for more. Get ready to be entertained, inspired, and occasionally puzzled as we unravel the mysteries of life, business, and why we've never actually mastered the art of folding fitted sheets. So grab your sense of humour, your favourite beverage, and join us on this thrilling adventure called Prestige Unleashed. Welcome to Prestige Unleashed. Let's dive in. Let the adventure begin. Folks, welcome back to another episode of Prestige Unleashed. I'm joined by Ollie today as he tells us his story from criminal to close protection. Ollie, welcome, mate. It's nice to have you in with us. And you, mate. Thanks for having me. Just to give us an idea of and I think it's really important that we talk about this because mm. for me, it's important that we identify that people can change and it's important that we identify that people have pasts yep. um, and those pasts shouldn't define their futures. And I think you're a great example of that. So just give us a sort of insight into y- your background and how different it is compared to you as a person, the person we know today. Um, okay. That's an interesting one. <laughs> I wouldn't say I've changed necessarily as a person. I've just learned what's the difference between right and wrong, if that makes sense. Um, Growing up, moved around a lot because of personal reasons. My real dad wasn't a very nice person. So we got moved around a lot, never really settled in. Um, Then moved to a town called Burgess Hill and started messing around with the wrong crowd, shall I say. And my mum would say the same. I've always being part of two crowds, being part of the good pe- yeah. the good kids and the bad kids. Obviously, when you're younger, the bad kids are more exciting, more fun. So do you fun. think you're sort of like easily influenced? I've never been a, no, I've never been a sheep. I've always done what I've wanted to do. But at, when you're younger, I don't know, that sort of side was more exciting. Yeah. And I didn't get on well at school, to be fair. I hated school. So whereas, I feel that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So when the good kids were studying and stuff like that, or you had like, I wouldn't say the bad kids, the 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 other side yeah, yeah. we're out drinking staying out doing all-nighters you know and camping like, i want to do that i don't want to be sitting at home studying so that's where it started really um i don't really know how much i, I really <laughs> you want tell to us say. as much as you want to tell us <laughs> so that's where it started from and then as we got older you start dwelling into more things like <laughs> okay right so like breaking into warehouses and and stuff like that, and you know, got caught for that when I was young. So you, you were just doing the things that, say, kids do at that age, and they explore different things, like breaking into old abandoned warehouses yeah. and doing the odd little bit of, you know, petty yeah. theft here and exactly. there. Exactly. Did you did you find that escalated? Yeah, it 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 did. It got it got worse. Um, I think a lot of it as well. I was bullied right from probably nursery up until about secondary school. Yeah. Until I really found my feet. So I had a lot of like anger and resentment towards anyone, to everyone, sorry. Why do you think that was? Why do you think you had so much anger? Like... <laughs> I was a victim. What can I say, really? I, mate, I used to go to school and hand on heart, I used to get smacked up every day. And do you think that plays a lot of who you are now? 100%. That... That's where my protective side comes from. I hate bullies. I'm not a bully myself. And although, obviously, as we get into it, my main charge... Because some say you've got that sort of... Look... 
look, that mm. intimidating look, the, the tattoos and the, uh, you know. And yeah. The, but actually, when people get to know you, they know that that's completely different to 100%. the image that you portray. 100%. Uh, and I think, like I say, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, that the bullying aspect is something that you take on board and understand that that's made the person you are today. That's given 100%. you that reason to be like you are. Yeah, massively. Um, and what, where do you think that kind of turning point was sort of age wise and, or, or did something, you know, something happen for you to go, I need to change the way here. What in regards to how I was behaving? Yeah. yeah so obviously as I was getting older, um, I was, I can't say too much, but, was getting into more serious things and f and one of those things was fighting i was fighting a lot because i stopped getting bullied and realized actually i can f i'm a good fighter and i've got a strong chin so I, it started sort of it, around year eight year nine i started beating up the bullies mm -hmm. and then i but then it backfired i got a name for myself and then i was the guy to beat. Yeah. so then people were coming from different schools different postcodes trying to have it with me which would then get my friends in danger and blah 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 then obviously we had the, the big incident, which I got um, arrested for was um, I was, again, it was a group of bullies that were, you know, putting bricks through my friend's house, um, threatening them, et cetera, et cetera. I got involved and then it got to the point where they called me up and they said, um, we're going to cut your mum up into tiny pieces. Uh, and I laughed. I said, you, you haven't even got a clue where I live. And then they read the address out my address out to me on the phone, postcode, everything. So we're coming now. I said, okay, right. So I went off by myself because my mum had just had a stroke and she begged me to start behaving. So that's what I was trying to do. Yeah. I pulled away from those group of friends, walking up to the train station now, and then um, bumped into those old group of friends. Obviously where we've been friends for so long, they knew something was wrong. Yeah. So you're not going on your own. And maybe in a way it, it was lucky I, they, they didn't. didn't. Yeah. So we went to this location, they come out, I approached them by myself and they hit me around the head with bottles, this, that, and everything else. Long story short, everyone got involved. It was in the papers and everything. But the one particular moment that happened, um, at one point I was, I was beating one of the kids up on the, on the floor and one of them come running towards me and I couldn't tell you whether I hit him, whether I threw him or what I did, but he ended up hitting his head on the curb, um, which obviously split his head open. And that led to, quite a serious thing happening didn't it? yeah so we left and when when we left everyone was standing and then i got arrested about half an hour later and when they put me in the car they said we're arresting you for attempted murder and this was at 15 years old how did that feel um you know there's it's no secret i mean i've had multiple arrests in my yeah. time and you know um so I know how that feels, but to hear those words, we're arresting you with attempted murder. I mean, it's got a... Petrified, mate, if I'm especially honest. Especially at the age of 15. Yeah. So you've got to feel, oh my God, I've got a made a big over. mistake yeah, here. And that, and that was at the age of 15. Yeah. So was that your turning point? Was that your... 100%. Oh, mate. Like... 100%. But it, so you was talking about like the realisation. When we got to the train station, I was covered head to toe in my own blood, where I'd been attacked and blah, blah, blah. And I sat there and I thought what am I doing with my life? And I tried to ring my mum and I eventually got hold of my mum. She's like, you're going to turn yourself in. I said, yeah, hundred percent. Whatever you yeah. say, like messed up, yeah. bad. Like then obviously got to a police station now, blah, blah, blah. It was hard to process because I was on bail for a year. because they were trying to gather evidence. So like every three or four months, yeah. it'd be like, right, you come to a police station. I get there. Something else. And then they'd be like, you. we're not ready yet. We're getting adjourned, getting adjourned, getting adjourned. Now we'll see fast forward a year. Um, like my only bail conditions really obviously wasn't allowed to communicate with the other side yeah. uh, and I wasn't allowed to leave the country. That was it. Other than that, I didn't really have any restrictions. You couldn't go on holiday? No. So as a, as a kid, you know, as 15 years yeah. old, you're, you're having to necessarily sit there and go, well, I can't go on mm -hmm. holiday. If my family want to go, I yeah. have to stay behind. Yeah. Because I've lost both my jobs. And it's got to have an effect, surely. Like it's got to have an effect mentally on yeah, how, it's hard. you know, how you, how you are. How old are you now? Uh, 28. So, 20, so I mean, it's quite some time ago mm. now, but that turning point then has obviously expanded into yeah. sort of where you've got to now. And I think the, the, the message to people is just because you've had a bad upbringing and a bad career, um, a lifestyle career really, yeah. when you were young, doesn't mean that that's ultimately your result as an adult, is it? No, no, definitely not. I mean, 
for me, it was difficult. Friends, I lost friends because their parents wouldn't let them hang around with me because they'd heard what people were saying. No, but yeah, I, I understand it. So I, you know, I lost friendships. Mm. I went allowed allowed around people's houses. Um, obviously, I was in Downham's Community College at the time. They kicked me out because people kept coming, turning up to stab me. So I got kicked out of school. Uh, so I didn't. I sat my exams in a room by myself. They still let me sit my exams, but I spent the last six months of year eleven uh, at home because I, I was a danger to the other pupils. So all of that happened on top of being on bail. And then when I got to the court, um, everyone's name had been crossed out, up but mine. So I was facing all the charges on my own, even though there was multiple people. And I guess that maybe was another turning point because I've, I was always the first one to jump in and protect people. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you're all happy to be there. But not take the rap if something goes Exactly, down. you know, and then I was in court but, by myself. I think that's a message we have to kind of give to the younger people today. 100%. And you'll know as well as a lot of other people out there that, some of the stuff we do as a company, we also like to, so I mentor now for a few kids back mm. in a school that I used to go to that, well, saved me basically, mm. I think is the easiest way to describe it. Now we're trying to educate these children and say that, yeah, it all seems glamorous now. You've got your boys with you, mm. but where are your boys going to be when you're in prison? Yeah, and, yeah. and the honest answer is your boys aren't around. Never. They're, they're not going to be around. They're no. going to let you sit and, you know, in your own swallow and, and that's it yeah. you know i was a screw for a couple of years i've seen that 100%. side of it as well so i uh, and i can't emphasize it enough and it just drives me nuts when when these kids nowadays don't yeah. listen they think they've got this gangster lifestyle and all this sort of stuff but it's glamorized isn't it to them that's the problem yeah you know whereas before sort I mean, of... you, again correct me if i'm wrong mm. you've been there and you've done it you, you've yeah. had the cars you've had the lifestyle you've had the making some good money yeah but you've also then had that look over your shoulder every five minutes yeah still do now it never goes and that's something that i think it's not great you know yeah exactly and so so what was the first couple of years like as an adult knowing you had all of that after i while i was doing that stuff still or after both because it must change as an adult you must so yeah as as an adult obviously things get a bit more you're out more, aren't you? Should I say you're in yeah, a bit pub- more involved in different things? Yeah, so you're more involved in other things. You become well known in your area. So I was obviously very well known where I was from. Um, and like you said, although it wasn't fit, you were constantly waiting for something, something to happen. Something to happen, and, the and next it, thing, and often it did. And then you have to you have a choice to make what you're going to do with that situation. Well, it, it comes back to that fight or fight. Exactly. You know, fight yeah. or fight, doesn't it? You know, you're either going to run away or you're going to run away. Yeah. And when you're involved in those types of people, I think the only answer is you, you have to fight back. Yeah, 100%. your reputation. And 100%. Yeah, and right, then that yeah. builds up to other things and then that leads to something else yeah. and then something else. And then before you know it, you're in a situation where you were at the age of 15 where you're up for an attempted exactly. cyber charge. But I don't think people, or especially the youth of today, understand no. that. They, they don't, don't, they get, don't get that realization that no. they can lose everything in the sake of well, seconds, one hit seconds. Yeah. hundred percent. So I think the, the biggest thing was after that, the whole, when I got arrested there, um, it would take me a lot to, to throw a punch from then on. I was, pe- I was so scared because you know, when your mums tell you things like, you know, if you hit them in the wrong place or they hit their under the curb, you know, they could die and your life's over. And I used to say to my mum, oh, shut up, mum. Like, I was so rude. Like, like, you're talking nonsense. And when that happened, it was the first thing that came to my head. And I think, I, I mean, I've seen that in, in you over the years you've worked for us where you've been mm. so restrained in going mm. and not letting your temper get mm-hmm. the best of you because you've had the experience of when yeah. your temper goes badly. Um, and I think that's a really good trait that you, you know you know, how it yeah, is and you exactly. know when it's going to go and you can hold that back. You know, some people are going to watch this and go, Hold on a minute. This guy was up for an attempted murder charge at the age of fifteen, but you employ him. Everyone, does everyone it. has a pass, and everyone. 100%. I think everyone does deserve a second chance. But also, that was something you wasn't charged for. It was something that isn't, hasn't, yeah, it doesn't represent you now as a no. person. And knowing you as I do, and the jobs mm. we've been on together, we've been in different countries together, we've trained together. We've, I, I trust you with my life, and I know a lot of people in the team do. And I just, uh, the important message is we shouldn't be allowing people's past to define who they are today. And that, that that's, that, that's what this podcast is about. Yeah, and it's what this episode is about. And um, we've got so much more to talk about, which yeah. I think is, you know, I think we're going to be here for about an hour. <laughs> um, but that's because we have stories and we have real life experience. Mm. We, 
we're very similar to how our upbringing where I wasn't mm. as bad in the sense of you know the charge and stuff but I was a bit of a road child and I had my issues when I when I grew up you know I, I went to anger management schools and I used to like a good scrap every now and then and again that was another one I had to do my GCSEs in another room by yeah. myself because I was a bag yeah you know but now look you know, look yeah, at where I am exactly. in a position, but also look at where you are in a position. You know, you've gone from criminal to close protection. Mm. And for those that don't know what close protection is, that's bodyguarding per se is the easiest way to describe it. Yes, yeah, it, yeah, 100%. It's, it's what it is. So you've gone from effectively fighting all the time to now protecting yeah. people's lives. And, and you are protecting people's lives. That, yeah. You know, it's, it's not beat around the bush. That is what you do, what you do for a living. And I think it's important now to kind of, we sort of dive into that on how how you got into this industry yeah. in the first place. I think that's quite important. Yeah. Start from yeah, you know your your, your past to now. Yeah. Um, so just tell us how how it came about, how that sort of. So obviously, um, was doing what I was doing, and then I was with someone for um, quite a long time, and uh, she fell pregnant uh, with my daughter Alea. And I, who we have to say is your absolute world, right? Yeah, she is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you everything. are the biggest, the soppiest <laughs> bloke. You don't let this image fool you. This, this, this soppiness yeah, comes out of my heart. Yeah, she really does. Yeah, she does. It, you, you don't fight when that baby is lifted. Yeah, there's you think you know love until you see your first child born, and everything just changes. Mate, I've never seen anything like it. But obviously, so me i don't know whether i should really say her name or not but me and jem who's <coughs> mike's wife <coughs> um we were in a tight position we you know it was all rushed we bought a house because the baby was coming yeah. we had to do the house up we had to get the baby stuff get a new car for the for jem etc etc obviously my promise to her was i stopped doing the bad stuff. the bad stuff so to go from that sort of money to legit i was yeah. working three jobs and was just about getting by obviously then i bumped into Matt. Matt, if I can say, yeah, yeah. Um, who's been one of my childhood best friends, who's with your sister. Yes, yeah, so he's been with my sister for six, seven years now, and he's also yeah. also works for us as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously, saw you two in the gym, didn't I? Yep. Said that like my situation, blah, blah, blah. And you said, "Well, if you get your badge, I'll give you work." And then that was like, "Yeah, all right, cool, do Because because I'd already been privy to sort of some of your history, yeah. Because of Matt had already kind of given me that preempt of. <laughs> You know, don't don't judge him by his, his past. And yeah. I was like, actually, we, we'd spent many time in the gym just mm. having conversation. We were very similar, weren't we? And it's very clear that we both had a very similar upbringing. You just went the right way. <laughs> I, I took the right way a bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this, this guy needs a chance. But mm. actually, I think this guy's going to be a really good asset to us. Mm. Um, and I'm a very good judge of character. And I you just are. knew straight away that actually you had some skill set there that we could utilize. Mm. And I thought, you know, this guy needs a chance. Let's just... And I gave you the option. I said, get your badge, I'll give you work. And that was your choice to go and do that. Yeah. So if you didn't go and do that, I knew you weren't serious. Yeah. And you did, you know, you went and done that. Yeah. And then you could done a couple of jobs for us and feedback I got started to be really positive. Mm. And I was like, actually, see, this was a right decision. It could have been catastrophic for me. I could have been like, oh my God, what have I done? Uh, I've just employed some absolute nutcase. Um, <sighs> but it was the right decision. It was. And it paid off really, really well. Saved my life, really. And Changed my life. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's nice for me to hear, you know, that it changed your life, and and that's something as a company, as as these podcasts go on, people will understand that that's something as a company we aim to do. We try mm. to give people better, better lifestyles yeah, in the sense of we're a family and not just a company. Like you know, there's many companies out there that people are just numbers, yeah. and that's something we've it's never ever. Oh, we, we've never been like no, that. never. We've always been like we're, we're, we're a family, we're a group. You know, this is what we do. Hundred percent. Um, and then and then. <laughs> It very quickly moved on to just doing doors and bits and bobs like that. Yeah. So then, did you, did you, was your head door roll first or was it your CP? No, so the CP was obviously, first because then we took the club after, didn't we? No, no. Yeah, we did because it was on the, um, um, our sort of. Yes, we had, we had, we had done our, we had done our CP course first. We started in the but I hadn't, I was waiting for my badge, wasn't I? Yeah, so that was it. January. 2022. Yes. Two years ago. Yeah. Um, myself and Ollie went and, and started our close protection course with uh, Guardian. Yeah. Guardian Worthy. And there were seven of us on that course. No, it was one in that one there. I thought it was no, seven. Was it seven? Yeah, seven of us okay. on this course. You know more than um, <laughs> And for me to take two weeks out as a business owner was like, my God. But we, I needed to do it. And we gave you the opportunity to do it because I thought, you know, you need to progress. And that your skill set was more suited to, to the close protection world 100%. for sure. But um, I'm just going to pause him quick. Like, Chris saw so much potential in me that 
even I had no money. I was paying living paycheck to paycheck. Obviously, the baby had just come. And this man here actually fronted the cost of the CP course for me because he saw that much potential in me. So just have to say a massive thank you to him for that because that is the turning point. Whereas like I struggled for a long time to transition from what I was doing because the money was so terrible on the legit side. Whereas the close protection money is just, just as good and I don't have to look over my shoulder all the time. So it was a massive, ma a massive blessing. Well, to you're looking over your shoulder, but for the right reasons. Well, now. yeah, it's now it's the hits on someone else's back. So you're looking out for yeah, someone else, which is exactly. But yeah, that was I had to mention that because obviously there is I don't know any other business that would, um, what's the right word, uh, invest their own money, their hard-earned money, into someone else to give them a better future. So that, I just wanted to make that and, and that's apparent. Something we've always i've always set out to do is identify the skill sets of people but identify when people just need you know a little bit just of a break <laughs> yeah but that encouragement yeah. to, to do better like you know um we've paid for other people's courses yes. you know we give free courses out sometimes to people that need them mm -hmm. we you know we trying to put people as much training as possible and just to give people that extra what does it cost to me as a business it's an investment in you yeah which ultimately is an investment into my business so we're all winners yeah all round you know definitely um and i think it's it's worth mentioning our course actually because <laughs> <laughs> see you can already see how this yeah, is going to go dear. like we we turn up on the first day and naturally you walk in a room you look around and you kind of go what's everyone's story what's mm. everyone's what's everyone's background here and it come very apparent that some people just weren't weren't cut out for it yeah <laughs> that's probably the nice way to say it um yeah, and then we realised that actually this course was going to be really intense. You know, this mm. is fourteen days every day of planning, mm -hmm. preparation, and some people just weren't geared up for it. No, they? we um, ended up we ended up pretty much running the yeah the, without the putting anyone else down. But we won't put people down. But yeah, there's certainly um, we would have different skill sets. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's a couple of and but don't get me wrong. You know, there's people on that course like James and Chelsea yeah. who actually work for us now. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. They, they, at first I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure, but on certain people, but actually yeah. they, they now do some work for us mm. because we, we gelled, didn't we? We mm -hmm. made a, a, a really good, really good team once we got into it. And I yeah. think our final exercise really brought us together, didn't it? hundred um, percent. Unfortunately for us, we, 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 our final exercise was in London. We planned everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did a 156 page <laughs> brief that took me like an hour and a half to brief everyone. Um, I was uh, lead PPO for that first day, wasn't I? You yeah. were driver. Yeah, correct. And then roles had swapped yeah. on the second day. And we'd gone out that night, and I remember it was it was so funny because we'd been out for dinner, yeah. and the client then decided actually they were going to throw a spin in the works. And she said to me, she said, I still remember, yeah. she went, Chris, I want to take such and such, her husband, uh, she goes, I want to take him to a gay bar. And I was like, um, right. She went, do you know of any? And I thought, they didn't actually, no, so they didn't know at this point, did they? And I went, actually, um, I know a few. I'll, uh, I'll make some calls. So <laughs> made a couple of calls, got a table and everything else all booked in. So we'd gone up to Soho, didn't we? That's it, yeah. So we, we, as we didn't have much time to do much prep, but we did as much as we yeah. could, you know, set the team up to go and do the recce and everything else. And we pulled up. Whilst we're inside the club, I get a call from the drivers upstairs. Which was me. Uh, which was you and Darren, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. And the call was... I think we're being staked out. And I thought, what? Yeah, it was bad. So I'm having a look around and I could see these little hood rats all just popping up. And yep. there was two of them, then four of them, then six of them. I'm like, oh, hold on. They've clocked us. Go, yeah. They were taking pictures, number plates. And I was like, mm -hmm. we, we are out of here because this is a, this is a robbery about yeah. to happen. And I said to the instructor, didn't I? I was like, is this, is this, is this planned? Like, is this something you've organized? And he was like, absolutely not. And yeah. I was like, right, we're, then we're out. Yeah. Bundled into the cars, evac'd out, straight out. Got back to the um, hotel, managed to get the principal into the room, and even then they turned around and said, "Was that was that part of your? Yeah, they, was that a training exercise? Thought it was a joke, didn't they? <laughs> and we we've had to go. No, no, that that mm. was that was real life. And even then, I still didn't believe it. I thought it was a test. Yeah. So I kept saying to the instructors, didn't I? I was like, "Is, is this a test? Like, will we be tested? Like, <laughs> no, and he's right. like, "No, we, we, we wasn't being. No. Both of us were like, "Yeah. Wow, that could have gone. And that was a training exercise. Yeah, mate. but. I think that gave us a realization, didn't 100%. it? Hundred percent. The, the close protection world—it's a serious game. It's a serious game, and as I, as, as I, I put out quite a lot. It's not for people or companies that have low standards, mm -hmm. low abilities, low skill sets. You've got to be on your ball. Hundred percent. Like, I mean, twenty-four-seven, head on the swivel. 
always. I've, I've been fortunate enough to do some really good jobs for some really good mm. clients. You know, I've been in some environments where I'm like, oh, okay, that was a little tasty. Mm. But I, I actually thrive on that. But there's some people that just Would crumble. shouldn't be. 100%. I just don't, but I don't think it's regulated enough. I, I think it's very much. No, I, I completely agree. But even down to sort of DS level and, and security guard level, like the, the industry as a whole at the moment is just, it's not being watched enough and anyone can go and get a badge. I think that was, kind of, that was one of my questions I had for you actually was what, what, what's your take on the industry at the moment? Because I know my personal feeling on it. But like personally, if I'm going to speak openly about it, I, it's, it's, it's an absolute joke. Because some, some, some people would say that, well, how did you get a badge? Because given your past history, but well, I, I nearly didn't. I yeah. waited six months for mine and then I had to have an interview with the SIA. So that's where they were good. You know, that I have to give my, my hat off, take my hat off to them. They actually denied me, denied me, denied me. It was a hindrance to you. It was yeah. actually, you, you look outside the yeah. box and go, actually, they've done that for a reason. Yeah, 100%. Why can't they do that more? Because exactly. some people that have a badge. They shouldn't. It, <laughs> but listen, like with, with the game now, isn't it? Like we're in security. You know, obviously back in the day when security first started, it was all about like these big rough and tough bouncers beating you up around the corner. I've experienced that when I was younger. The, the game has changed now. It's, it's professional. It's under licensing, et cetera, et cetera. You have to know how to talk to people. That is a, the biggest thing because you can de-escalate something just by talking to them in the correct manner. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to talk to someone in the correct manner, you're going to ignite the fire. But it, uh, I think also a big thing is having life experience yeah, exactly. so that you can level with people yep. and they go, look, mate, I really do know how you feel. Yeah, I do I've been understand. There. I've been, yeah. Listen, let's, you know, and, and you can de-escalate a situation by giving a real life experience. You've got 18, 19 year old lads that are doing their badges now. Yeah. Like, and they've been playing they're, Xbox for the last 17 years. Yeah, there's, there's no life experience. No. I think there needs to be, it needs to be tougher. 100%. In the sense of, but we also know that the industry itself has changed. You know, yes. when I first started, it used to be, let's give them a slap, send them home. That yeah. sort of thing. Like that happened, that happened, you mm. know, this, this was part of the industry back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was 18, my dad said to me, he said, if you go out, just don't have Dorman off. I say, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Dorman asked me to leave. <laughs> I won't tell you what club, Barmed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dorman asked me to leave. I told him where to go, and he punched me straight in the mouth. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, didn't expect that. Yeah. But that's what it was like then. We're, we're talking quite some time ago now. Now that I'm old. Um, but you've got, yes, you've got to have that service level now. You mm-hmm. really do. It's a big thing that we are banging on about. 100%. But you've also got to be able to handle yourself. That's what I was about to say. There's, there's a lot of, especially doors where there's only two three of you, you you've got to, to have a little bit yeah. about you you do it's got a capacity and of two three hundred people and i think the physical intervention stuff that's taught soft is it, it's, it's not it's no good I, I, and that we've got to be realistic and say 100%. does it work no. no it doesn't it really doesn't work it's a tick in the box exercise of saying this is this yeah. is we've taught this this is what they're taught but actually it's no good. It's you not... try you try and do one of those little arm locks when you've got a big six foot five giant kicking off, screaming in your face, throwing punches. Even if there's two of you, it's not going to work. No. You think of Jungle with that bloke when the first night we opened it, and he wouldn't move. <laughs> so this is this is <laughs> we've got some real good stories from John Jungle actually. So shortly after our CP course, we gave Ollie the head door roll, didn't we? Yeah, we, took, we took on a club in Worthing called Jungle. Um, they came to us and said, look, we want to change. You want to go over to a new door team? I phoned me on the Monday and said, um, can you get me a door team for Friday? Oh, oh that quick. And I was like, yeah. How many do you need? And they were like, well, 12. I was like, um, I've okay. got a week to find 12 <laughs> and a suitable head doorman. And it was just, we were having a coffee. And I said, I said to Ollie, I went, I'm going to give you an opportunity now. He went, you've given me loads. So I was like, I'm giving you another opportunity, but, you know, mm. and you took the opportunity. You were a bit like, oh my God, but. I was nervous. I didn't feel I deserved it. Been in the game five minutes, but obviously you saw stuff. I'm, I, you know what I'm like. I haven't really got the best self-confidence. Mm. I'm good at my job. I'm very good at my job, but sometimes I just need someone to go, you're all right, mate. Just you, you're doing good. Yeah. And that's exactly what I saw. So yeah. I came following the door roll. <laughs> I said, listen, I'll come down the first few weekends, go through some bits of mm. gear. Just, you naturally know how to lead. You know how to talk to people. I'm just going to be there just in case. Yeah. And the first night we worked there, <laughs> We had a bit of a situation which ended up with me, you, and I think Dalton. Dalton, yeah. And we ended up in a restraint and we ended up going through the reception desk. And <laughs> the club manager looked at me like, as if to say, oh no, yeah. is this how you guys operate? And I was like, look, this is the first, this is not how we normally operate. No. <laughs> but that guy was super strong. Yeah, like, I'm not and we're sure. talking me, you, and Dalton, mm. who are relatively physically fit. Yeah. Right. 
and that guy was excessively strong. Ridiculous. I think you get some people in this game, they, they, wouldn't, have, they wouldn't have handled that. No. Um, and that's, you know, no fault of their own. But no. There's got to be some real, realistic scenarios in, oh, in training. 100%. Because that, that, was, that was a situation where, oh my God. It could have gone very wrong. You know, I mean, I stitched you up that weekend, didn't I? Yeah, big time. <laughs> so we had... Big time. Well, when we took that club on, we had some um, local wannabe gangsters, I think is the, is the way to explain it, who thought they were a little bit tough. Oh, them know? ones, yeah. Little five foot nothing thinks he's a gangster. And <laughs> we, we had a little situation outside and then he threatened to shoot us. Yeah, that I remember. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. And I, and I just, I got to a point where I was like, listen here. I said, me and my friend here, we play differently. And I said, if you, and he's looking at me like, you, you volunteering me for something. Yeah. <laughs> but we had to, we, we had to had use to, that yeah. sort of, put the frighteners into them. So then they would respect us mm. and we didn't have the trouble in the club. And after that, the trouble started slowing down. Yeah, and the respect started coming. But I remember you looking at me going, what are we doing? Yeah. I was like, I'm up for it. But... <laughs> like, I'm not about that life anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but again, we earned that respect. We earned, yeah. we earned their, okay, these guys aren't pushovers. Yeah. Because I think if we'd have been a pushover then, we'd have lost all control straight away. We'd never have had control ever. And it took some time, didn't it? Yeah. To, to not clear the club out. That's probably the wrong way. Of I think it, but... no. I think that is the right way. Yeah, I think so. Like clear the clear the crap out. Yeah, because 100%. you had a lot of people in there that shouldn't have been in there. Really, hundred like, percent. Watch and, mm. uh, and we cleared that out. Mm. And, and you know, two years later, we're no longer there because the club's no longer there. But mm. I think it took some time to get it. Oh right? yeah, Good. and it took, it took it took time to get the team right. I think correct. Um, it, we had some people that necessarily weren't right for the club. Correct. But then we also had a situation where we had one of our, um, was he a medic at the time? No, he was on the door with us. He was me. on the door yeah. at the time, was he? So we, he's one of our medics, but he was working the door with us because he's batched so he can work the door. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for him, um, I mean, he he took a smack in the mouth, didn't he? Protected and, me, like, yeah. He, he was, he was mm. well, trying to back you and he had his jaw broken, his nose broke. Like, mm. he, he really did Seriously, get it was very, very bad. Badly done. Um, and it affected him that much. He's never returned to the, like, he hasn't gone back to the door. No. But that person still hasn't been charged. No. And, and we're talking two years ago, nearly three years ago, this situation happened. Mm. But that person hasn't been charged still. It's a joke. It's, it, it's absolutely And they're back crazy. on the streets. Like, it's crazy. Do you know what I mean? They're, and they're on the streets. Yeah. And they'll be doing it to other people. And I think that's a fear for people now, isn't it? Especially door staff, members of the public. They don't want to report stuff. No. Because there's that kind of... It's 100%. And then again, if, as well, if these guys are serious people as well, if you're reporting something... And they come out and they and they got a slap on the wrist or you know it's you're on bail for two or three years. They're coming back for you, mm. and they, and there are those people out there which I don't think again a lot of people understand. But it's hard, isn't it? You know, you look at what we had in with that group in Horsham, yeah, and the reports, and we did it the right way, and again and again and, and the again. right way just wasn't the right way, no, because it wasn't working. Because you know, and they had they had situations where th this group were attacking women. The woman was there ready to give a statement. And nothing come off it. And I think it's hard, isn't it? And whilst you mention that, I think again, it's another important aspect that we mention is you never had the trust in the police when you were young. No, me you? never. And I think you had a, and even when you first started working for us, you were a bit hesitant to even talk you, to the police. I would. You used to ask me to do a statement. I tell you no. Uh, uh, but now you're very much. You you will talk to them. You talk to them within reason. Like, yeah. Okay, I get. Cheers, I get, mate. Okay, but you, you're happy to engage in conversation at least. Yeah. And say that we'll, but. Your point of view, especially when you're the head door running a team, yeah. When you've tried to get your guys to do statements, what's you know, what's the experience been like with the police? It was fifty fifty, really. I remember one time. I think it was when um, it was. It, I feel bad for not remembering his name. Is it Kev Abby's dad? Yeah. When they come to deal with that, was appalling. Mm -hmm. Like they just waltzed in. Oh, what's going on here? Oh, he's in a bad way. Uh, and it, and well, there was not. It wasn't I, even any statements. I mean, I remember turning up to that. Because I got the call mm. from Meg. Yeah, and you come and down. Meg was like, you need to get here. Like, we're now. <laughs> like, we've got injuries. And I'm like, okay, I'm on the way. Mm. And I turned up and I saw Ken's eye out here. And I'm like, mm. oh my God, what yeah. happened to you? Like, And yeah. then I watched the footage back. And it was clear that he had the guy in a legitimate restraint. Yeah. And his mate came over and just started Bang. punching yeah. him. And it was like, how is that not being dealt with? Yeah. And I think, again, it's 50-50 on the, on the response side of things. On getting... <sighs> getting the response from the police in relation to dealing with incidents because there's somewhere they're really, really good on it. Yeah. But I'd, I'd like to take the time actually, and just to clear it up, I don't think it's actually the police. I was fault. just about to say this. It, it's, I was just about to say it's this. It's above them. It's, yeah. the, it's the CPS and the, mm. you know, the, the higher above because we've got some incredible officers on the ground that 
always say hello to us. Mm. They're always dealing with stuff. 100%. They're always following stuff up with us. But they come back to us and go, oh, can prosecute. Yeah. Like, you've got evidence. You've got a victim. You've got statements. Mm. What more do you want? And it's because this justice pathway for youth, mm. they, they... It was ridiculous because I didn't have that as a kid. No, back when you was a kid, it was, no. we're going to prosecute you yeah, and make, it, make an gone. example yeah. out of you. Whereas now, they can't do that. It's but yet about... they're 10 times worse than what I was. Oh, fully you know? agree. Like, you, you can't criminalise children nowadays. No. And do you think that's do you think that's a deterrent? Because it's not. I think it's a joke. I've, I saw, funny enough, on my way in today, I see that they're potentially bringing in um, national service yeah. into the UK, which I think is... I've been going on about that for years. Like, if I had that as a kid, oh, where I'd be now, I'm real. But, like you say, national service, look at Joe, for example. Yeah, you know, Joe, Joe's just like off his own back gone into joining mm. the Marines, and he's come from sort of a, 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 a very rough yeah. background, and he's about to join one of the, you know, the elite force of, mm -hmm. of the army. Like, would you have said that about him two years ago? Absolutely no, not. No, when I met him. But he's just put mm. his, men, his mind to it. And he's, actually, he's evolved so if, if, so if, in so many ways. The younger guys have to, some people go, oh, God, that's just going backwards as a, as a country. But actually, I don't, no, I don't think he would be. It's not. Where are we go? But, but what's the other answer? You're letting these, these kids run around with knives and they're taking people's lives. And I don't think they really realise until they get that sentence of 25 years. Actually, you know, there's um. There was a, uh, a video I saw actually the other week from Liam, Liam Tufts. Yeah. Where he was talking around knife crime and there should be harsher sentences. And actually, you know what? I fully agree. 100%. You know, people, most times out of stabbings, it's under peer pressure. Yeah. You know, kids get a knife and they wave yeah. it around. You like can they're tell about they're to yeah. And they're like this. Yeah. And it's only because they've got people around them that they need to impress that they, they use that knife. Mm -hmm. You know, we've, we've done jobs now where we've, found it on people yeah. you know there was a time where me and matt had chased someone through town and mm -hmm. then when the police arrived they searched and he had a knife like this yeah. on him you know and it's like we didn't even know that was there but they could have used that against us but there's no repercussion to no. having a knife or repercussion on even just carrying it yeah. carrying it should be a sentence 100 percent. using it five years like minimum just if you kill somebody spending life in prison yeah. it should be it should be a lot harsher but it shouldn't have to get to that i, I think it's quite worrying nowadays I would say probably 70% of kids are probably w w walking around with a knife. I mean, you look at the TV interview that I did, and that mm, was because yeah. I was at a point, right? No, this is no lie whatsoever. I was at a point, it got that bad in Horsham, didn't it? Yeah. I couldn't sleep on the weekend until I knew every single one of my team, and we had like 20 hours on call and check every on us, venue, yeah. was home. Because, and that's not doubting their ability, because they're all very capable and competent doormen. But I was worried that something was going to happen to them because yeah. these kids were carrying knives, no repercussions, no searches, no convictions. Mm. Uh, and that was a massive concern. Yeah. You know, massive Huge. concern for me. Um, and as a business owner, I shouldn't, I, I sh why was I worrying about that? Yeah. I shouldn't have been worrying about that. That's where it's all gone wrong. But it's like I said, like, I just wanted to make that clear. But then obviously you said the same thing as me. But um, it's not the police's fault, really. Their hands have been tied. Back Again, going back to when I was running around and, and you know, having my dealings with them the way they dealt with me to how they deal with the kids now was completely different yeah but i mean I, it was I, better but I, you've I, lost all the good coppers because they've 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 changed a bit like with us in our industry you know preemptive strike and stuff like that now it's hands in airs hand gestures and and verbal communication you've been they've taken the power away yeah so what can they do I mean, I remember being 18 and swearing at a copper and he unloaded his canister in my face. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I won't do that again. Exactly, right? Because that we had a little bit of fear there. Yeah. A little bit, and I think that's not a bad thing. We used know? to run. You see, these kids now don't run. And that that's the problem because there is no authority there anymore. So it's I get it. It's hard for, for them. But it's the same with the security industry. There are certain individuals where... You need to pick your lane. I get it. You know, everyone wants to, some, some people want to be a superhero. They, or, you know, their dad might have done it, but you're just not genetically gifted or vice versa. You, you just, some people just aren't good at things. Yeah. So, but they go into the forces, they go into the security industry, but ultimately I believe you what you're actually doing is you're endangering yourself and other people because you haven't got the abilities. And I think that's something, and again, you'll know here as a business that, yeah, we've got a big team now, yeah. but we've got a wide variety of um, abilities yep. and, you know, Massively. a very diverse team. Correct. So we have to be very, 
not picky, but we have to pick the right people in the right places. Mm -hmm. and, and it's hard for us because sometimes people will feel put out and some people will feel like that we're intentionally putting them. Well, no, we are putting the right people in the right place. And mm -hmm. it's hard to do that. If you haven't got the required skill set for a role, I'm not going to put you in that role. No. You know, there's people on our team that would I put them through their CP patch? No, because that's not what they're mm. for. Would I then put them on a door or an event and stuff? Yes, because that's that's yeah that's what they're the suited to. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, there's, the response role is a very unique role. You've got to have lots of different attributes. Mm. And as I said in a previous podcast, that there's people on our response teams that I wouldn't put in a corporate setting. Yeah, and there's yeah. people on our corporate team that you wouldn't put them through. wouldn't know what to do on a response team because they go, mm. huh? Yeah. But that that's where everyone's different and their abilities are different. You know, we talk about things like um, disabilities and everything else. Yeah. We have to be mindful of that because as an employer, we've got to try and make those reasonable adaptions. Yes. But there's reasonable adaption and then there's realistic. So you've got to be realistic on certain people's disabilities may hinder their safety in a role mm. or other people's safety. And that's something we have to take into account. 100%. That's not us going, you can't do the job. That's us saying, look, we, we've identified this risk and we have to mitigate this mm. risk. Part of what we do in security is mitigating risk. Exactly. <laughs> and if that mitigating risk by taking you out of the situation, and then, you know, we, got to be we, done. we have to do that. And, you know, I think some people just take it, just take it the wrong way. Yeah. 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 And, and and again, you know, that's, that's not digging anyone out, but no. that's kind of what it was like on our course, wasn't it? Some people took it the wrong way. Yeah. Because we were like, how long have you been in the door? You've been in the door like a couple of months mm. and now you're going straight into CP. Yeah. But, I think people need a bit more exposure to 100%. it. 100%. Well, they need exposure to life more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we went on that course and the trainer was like, have you done this job before? Have you done this job before? And I was like, no, no. And he was like, oh, you're on the up from the other side. And I was like, we laughed, didn't we? And I was like, <laughs> but it gave me, there was things that I learned from that side of things that I've, I've brought through to here yeah. and it's helped me on, in my CP career. We right. look, at, look at our firearms course, for instance. Yeah. You know, myself, uh, uh, Ollie, and uh, Connor went Connor, to yeah. Orlando, didn't we, last mm. year to go do our firearms course. And we we initially did it because uh, we had the opportunity to, to go overseas and yeah. do some work. Um, but we also had that mindset. It was just going to be a holiday, a little bit of a lash a up. <laughs> and we very, very quickly realised how difficult yeah. physically and mentally challenging mm. that course was. We all went, oh, Oh, hold up a minute. That, yeah. this, this, this is harder than I, mm. than I expected. The heat, the physicalness mm. of it, the, the mental remembering everything. Mm. And you know, I think the one thing for me was hearing that, that bullet ricochet off the tire. Off the tire, yeah. Come flying back past us. And mm. I was like, oh. That whiz, wasn't I've it? I've never had a moment of, oh dear, and oh. Yeah. Because it was like, <laughs> oh, that was, yeah. Things are close. That was exciting. Yeah. Um, Hundred percent, and it gave us that realization that this is real. This mm. is, we're, we're doing this; it's real. And potentially, the job we was about to go on to after that was, was very serious. Yeah, it was. We had to take it seriously. Yeah, you know, the final exam was, was very difficult. You know, you had to get ninety-five shots out of hundred on target whilst moving, whilst covering, whilst doing everything and yeah. reloads. And you, you had a and to, and to be fair, we all failed. We failed our the first. Our test run, we had we? three times, didn't we? Three yeah. attempts. Yeah, we all failed our test. And run. then we all went through second time, I believe. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. you got hundred percent. I was waiting for you to drop that. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've got 95. 95 yeah. You did, yeah. 95. Connor was 97. I'll just, I'll just bring up the punch bag. The punch bag. Yeah, we're in Orlando and Ollie <laughs> finds a punch bag and dings it as hard as he can. But I've literally got you saved as 906. 906, phone, yeah. That's what you got. But you two were so, come on, you've got to admit it now a year later. Yeah. You two were so salty. I was. I was salty. <laughs> a couple of points. <laughs> but you remember going to um, uh, Orlando, the um, theme park, mm. and we couldn't get on anything. <laughs> Yeah, because Connor was too big, you yeah. were too wide, and Yo, I, I even, still got even on. I just about got on. Yeah, stuff. it was weird, wasn't it? Considering that country is known for no, it, like, we spent like four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, it was human. We got it back though, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah we got it all back. But, but yeah, because Con Connor didn't like me, did he? For <laughs> he didn't like me that day. No, that was good. That was a good experience. So again, that's just it. Just goes to show how far things have changed mm. and how you've changed. Quickly, yeah. Would you have ever put yourself in that position a couple of years ago going, oh, no. 2000 and 2023, I'm going to be in Orlando. And, yeah, no, never. I like, mean, sitting on Miami Beach, having a, you know. Yeah. A... <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's just reminded me. Yeah. This was incredible. This is a really cool story. Is it? Uh, it's quite fun. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it, so it might be cool. We're walking you. up Ocean Drive in Miami, just been on the beach, watch the sun go down. 
And the lads were like, oh, let's have a drink before we drive back. So I'm now, I'm having to stay sober because I'm driving back to Orlando four hours in this absolute big beast of a truck because obviously I've not took my driving license. So the lads are like, let's have a drink. I said, like, yeah, no worries. So we're walking up Ocean Drive. Ollie and Connor are like, cool, let's go in there. And I'm like, hey, it looks busy. And the boys are like, oh. And, it, and this one then goes, oh, yeah, we're going in there. So they see a lovely lady in a dress, blonde hair, and they're like, Oh, we're definitely going in there. I was like, yeah, okay, no worries. Bear in mind, I know exactly where we're going into. Big glitter ball kind of gives it away. And as we go across the road, the uh, lovely man turns around, even gents, and these boys go, um, did we? Oh, I went a bit late. We're going in. Adam's apple, wasn't it? Yeah, so we, 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 we've gone in and we sat down at a table. Oh, and obviously, dear. I know it's a gay bar. These boys are more than comfortable coming in because they're with me. Yeah. You know, they're, they're more than comfortable coming in. But they were just like, can't believe I was checking out a dude. That that's literally kind of like the the, the mindset yeah, was, was there at yeah. the time. But then we had a really good time in there. Fantastic. The, the drinks and the music. Yeah, it was, it was such, good, great it was laugh. Such a laugh. And then I didn't want to go, went, did I? I'm going to the toilet. I don't want to get touched. I mean, they're not going to touch you. Get up. So uh, I literally had to walk into the toilet. Yeah, you did. You did. <laughs> but yeah. that was your first yeah. real experience of going into a like a gay bar, really. Yeah, because the other thing that you threw me into, like deep end, was pride, wasn't it? Brighton Pride. Yeah. Well, that was eye opener for you, wasn't it? Yeah, that's one thing you could say about it. <laughs> you were it was great. I'm like, I'm all for it. I've just not seen so much yeah. before. <laughs> People kept touching me. I think, oh yeah. So it's... Now, I think the way to say it is, you've now got a better understanding. Yeah, of the I didn't understand a lot. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Before anyone then goes, yeah. Because no, I, I was never. Yeah. Though, was I? No, I was no. never. I've always. I think it's you know, just like an education you had into it working for us. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, but it was cool. It was funny. We ended up in that magazine, didn't we? We had the, my oh, hand round the um, magazine. That's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But my hand round the. Uh, it was it a drag queen, wasn't it? No, it was the bar owner. The was bar, it? Yeah, down Queen Street. Bar owners behind the. That's railing. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. they were like, "Cool, I have something." Like yeah, that. <laughs> you had some, you had some attention. Yeah, there, all the men you? said it, not any of the women, though, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> but that, um, again, that's another experience that you can put on to, to yeah. being in this industry. And and whilst we're talking about experiences, what's kind of been what's been your highlight of the industry? Wow, that's a tricky one. We've had some great times, haven't we? I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be working for us, but a highlight. That's, in, that's in, the majority in, of my career, Chris. <laughs> as, a, as an industry of a whole or a job where you've gone, oh my God, this is, this is awesome. Or just... oh, that, that, that's such a difficult one. I think for CP wise, my sort of thought, the big experience where I was like, yeah, I'm in the big leagues now. I looked after um, a gentleman from Syria. That's what I will say in uh, Paris. Um, you know, I was part of a proper CPO team. We were, you know, doing recce's, doing doing the full shebang, basically. Doing the job properly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I thought, okay, cool. Stressful. 22 hours a day I was awake, sometimes longer. And I thought, this is what it's about. So that's probably, although I didn't have the best experience out there, because, and obviously we were, we were going to speak about this. Um, we'll get onto that in a minute. Um, that was probably like, okay, I'm doing CP, if that makes sense. Other than that, actually, I'd say the, a good one that we did, did was that tag, that tag one we did mm -hmm. when uh, yeah. Ryan Reynolds, uh, Max Verstappen and all that was there. Yeah. That was quite a cool one, but we've, we've but that was more, uh, that's a service. It thing. Was, was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full. That's, that's what that but, really was. But oh, with us, there was too, there's too many. Every, the thing is, it's like what Joe said on his, on his episode, it doesn't feel like work. Which is probably the best thing, and you're coming to work with you. You're, you're coming to spend time with your family, as it's such. Yeah. And as you know, I've come from a broken family, and it's you and the team have given me stability and helped me settle. When things have got tough, where before I've had nowhere to go, I come to you. Yeah, you ran mine at Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. When that time I was on Christmas on my own, I was at yours on Christmas dinner. You know. Um, I'm trying to think, like of like a. Jungle, probably. Wherever we go, we get called the shit magnets, don't we? I mean, that's a fair point. Because that is a very, very fair point. Uh, I do kind of have that. <laughs> you have it, and then when I'm there, I'll tell you what was probably my favourite, was when we worked, the first year we worked um, the Christmas parties. 
Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was probably my favourite. We had a great, we're dancing on the stage and stuff like that. Yeah, we did. I think we, we blended into their team mm. very quickly yeah. and they they brought us in as part of their family because yeah. they all worked, they all work around the world with each other. Mm. So they all know each other. Um, so I think that's a, going into their team, that was a big thing. Yeah. Um, I've got to reply to this in yeah. a second. It's like multiple <laughs> calls. Um Sorry, bear with me a second. Yeah, so we, we blended in with mm. their team as a family and, and, and it was really nice to have that um, involvement yeah. with their team. And then we all did. We all had drinks afterwards yeah. and yeah, we, we gelled with them really nicely because we had like a month of them, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, and they, they, they trusted us, which was quite nice. Mm. And I think, yeah, that was probably one of the best ones. Yeah. But, we, but then we got a lot of good clients anyway as, as oh, a company. Oh, yeah, massively, so. but... So, I, I mean, with, with that, I mean, you've got the highlights in your careers, but actually then have you got that time where you kind of go, damn, that could have gone sideways, that could have gone wrong? Except from obviously the call. So I think that was the one, the one actually for me that stands out. Was, yeah, was, was, was that situation. Because um, we were training. We, mm, we, we, we weren't even experienced operators. Yeah. We weren't experienced in the game. We no. haven't had any live experience out on the ground except from our own personal experiences. Which I think helped which I think saved end, us because, Yeah, because obviously you was down in the club. Obviously, you have, you've had your long-term experience in the, in the industry, and because I'm from there and I was doing those yeah. things, I spotted it straight away, and I was like, "We're being watched." And I see the other and the other, and then the picture of the red side. Then I run yeah. down yeah. straight down to you, Chris. You've got to see this. I think we need to go. You come up, then instantly it was like, "Boom!" Yeah. I think go. the realization of knowing it wasn't a test mm. that was a phew, yeah. Hold up a minute. Well, we just went into we just went into autopilot, didn't we? Got the job done, got them back, and I remember I dropped the cars off. And then you were with the clients, weren't you? Mm. When I was walking back, and I was, and then I, it suddenly hit me. And I was like, "That was serious." And yeah, then it's like, moment, it? "Oh!" And I think that's a turning point for a lot of people. All plans are cancelled for those. Yeah, days. yeah. <laughs> You're staying in the hotel. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and then we were on guard all night. I couldn't sleep. No, because well, I was we, just like we were on rotation, weren't we? Yeah. On watch, so I just couldn't sleep because I was like, "Oh my god, that was such a buzz." But I think the only the only time I've ever felt like things have gone wrong is so obviously you mentioned it earlier with Sam. Yeah, and because obviously. It was on my watch. Um, well, I was there as well, and I didn't even—we didn't even know it had happened no. until somebody had come up to us and said, like, well, "Obviously, the kiddie was going to do me from behind while I was because I was talking to his brother in front." And I, I just—I remember walking into the change room, sitting, and I burst. I don't cry, and I see him. I burst into tears. I felt yeah. so much guilt, and I thought, "Am I good enough to yeah. to do?" Because that was quite early on, wasn't it? And I thought that's happened on my I watch. I mean, I was more annoyed that. The guy got away. Yeah, like, me that, too. That just, I was so angry. Yeah. Like, we didn't have the guy detained in custody, ready mm. to. Well, we were dealing with some other Wally in the corridor, wasn't we? Well, yeah, that ended up in uh, uh, full restraint and it all kind of just went off. And yeah. then obviously we had Snips looking after um, Sam and yeah. waiting for an ambulance. Yeah. And then we'd take him to the hospital. And yeah, that was quite a. That was quite a layer one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was bad. And I think that that, that that that's a realization that people need to understand that this job sometimes can be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that kind of leads me on to my final point and mm. we'll start wrapping up that if you was going to give people advice that want to get into the industry, what would you say? Knowing what you know now and knowing what you know of the industry and the experience that you've had, but the exposure you've had, what would you say? If they wanted to get, if they're thinking about getting in or they're going to get in. I'd... Okay, so if, they, if you're going to get in, then... It, you've got to be 110% serious about it. Correct kit. Like even like if you're going to do doors, you're doing close protection, it's that proof vest, 100%. Med kit, 100%. Further your skills as well, like you do with everyone, with the fret free or something, yeah. because that's so important if it, for yourself, for your colleagues, for whatever. You've got to be presentable. And with pre being presentable comes with being in shape. Yeah. Like, strength some sort of self-defense you know a lot and not to put anyone down or something anything like that but there's there's a quite a lot of the industry or they just don't look the part if it's the word i would, I would agree in the sense of the self-defense side of it for discipline 100 percent. and that that I, I, I solely do you know i've spent many years fighting yeah. and i've fought at competitive levels so i i know you know and but, I've, been, I've been i've been on the side of it where i've i've competed and lost and mm. i've lost by being i've been knocked out like, yeah it, it's an experience when you exactly. in mouth. Like, be, I think, yes, the discipline from um, self-defense. But it'll give you confidence as well. Yeah. Because, again, you know, as you know, as a fighter, and, and you know, I've boxed and fight, it's not about, yeah, I'm going and smashing it. It's all about respect. You shake hands off. There might be some trash talk before because yeah. full of views. 
but after you shake hands, you don't actually want to kill that person. It's just 12 rounds of hell. Like, so I think if you can take that into the job, then if it does go wrong, like with Sam, where he never got on the door again, you, okay, go on, you can take a smack and you've got the confidence to like swallow it, yeah. do it correctly, keep you calm. Because that's where I learned how to channel my anger was boxing. Because mm. I was a loose cannon. But when I got into boxing, I was like, okay, cool, I can channel this. I can, I can keep a lid on it yeah. if I need to. So I think that's important as well. Um, but yeah, just whatever you do, isn't it? You've got to give it hundred percent. If you're not doing, giving it a hundred percent, there's no point doing it. No, exactly. And I think pre- the, being presentable is a big thing, especially Massively. for us as a business, you know, we invest a lot of money into uniform and brand and image and pre- being presentable is a big, big mm-hmm. thing. But if, if, if you're presentable, if you're presentable, people respect you more. Yeah. So you walk up to a door or something like that and you're dressed nice and smart, you got a tie on, you look the part, people are more likely to respect you because yeah. you're presentable. Um, and, and, and a lot of people don't, I think, especially in this industry, they don't have the want to want to progress. It's just a yeah, couple of true. But some people are happy to go sit in the gatehouse and yeah. the but that's them. That, yeah, that's, that's fine. But, but some people need a willing to... Me, I always want to, I want to level up, level up. I'm always and looking then, at what I can do next. So There, there is opportunity in this game. Mm-hmm. There, there is a big opportunity in this game. There's opportunities to go and do bigger things. Yeah. You know, I'm plans for this year overseas doing bits Same as me. and working for some really, really good clients and working for some really, really good people. And it's it's harder for me as a business owner to try and get mm. in with other people because they always think I'm going to try and take their contracts or whatever. Yeah. Allow, having people that trust me to look after their clients is, is a real big respect. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a massive respect. So I've got a couple now that I go off and look yeah. after, but they're not my client, but I treat them like they are. Yeah. Because it's my reputation. That's your name, yeah. Reputation is the biggest thing in this game. 100%. Even if it's doors or close protection, you've got to have a good reputation. If you don't 100%. have a good reputation, you're done. A hundred percent. If you ain't getting nowhere. I mean, there's certain individuals we won't mention, but there's certain individuals that are now blacklisted from yep. majority of companies because of their behaviors. Because they messed up because they didn't take the job seriously. Yeah. You know, and especially I'd say the doors. Yeah. Because word gets around. I think what people forget, everyone knows everybody in this yeah. game. If you mess up some, and you're on a job someone, with someone, someone finds out. yeah, and then before you know it, it's at top tier level and you're not going to get work ever again. You know, I've been, I've never really had any bad experiences. I mean, I've just walked away from a CP job this month uh, that I was full time in because it wasn't right. Um, and the way I was being treated wasn't correct. So I have to, to leave to do what's best for me. Mm-hmm. But I left on good terms. Sometimes that happens. Yeah, a hundred percent. But if you've, you've got to leave on good that, terms. If you've identified that and you've raised that, and yeah. said, listen, I appreciate what you've done for me, but I can't, this is not for me now. Or yeah. This is whatever. You know, some people will just up and leave. Or, or yeah, you've got to do it the correct way. I would always say, like, always leave uh, what you notice. Mm-hmm. Leave on good terms. Don't badmouth them because you never know. You might, you, you might, might have to them. go back there again, or you might need them for a reference. And that's what I've always lived by. That I mean, there was one place that I worked. Um, Sharon, she was like a mum to me, bless her. I went back there four times because I always did a good job. Always did a good job. And it was just, it was almost like a bit of a comfort thing, to be honest, because she she sort of helped me through my teenage years uh, and growing into a young man. She And she sort of was the first person to push me forward and say, you're better than this. And then, then you took over role. <laughs> so, but yeah, bless her. You know, but that was important because I had nowhere else to go. So I called Sharon. Can I come back? Yeah, yeah, of course I can. And that's, and again, that's something that people should take on board. And I think to, just to finish it off, I think the important message today was about just telling the youth of today that just because your childhood upbringing, your whatever happened, it doesn't define you as a person. I 100%. think to leave it on a mess, what would you, what, what advice would you give to those young people now? Just, just as a final kind of. Uh, be, be different, be yourself. Um, don't follow what all the rappers and all your mates are doing because it does have life-changing consequences. I couldn't get work. I can't go to certain countries. Uh, and I look back at it and it wasn't worth it whatsoever. So go out there, do something with your life. There's there's so much you can do with life. And with the online industry now as well, it's easy to make money mm. and do it the right way. There's no need to put yourself in a life of crime. And also I think some people see the security industry as, well, it's kind of just a dead-end industry. It's actually, not. There is money there's, to be made. There's big money to be made. You know, I've done very well in the last couple of years in the cp there's so many different branches you can take you know from being in cctv to cp even cp cp rst sap ppo loads of different things you got the uh, surveillance and counter surveillance it's a big industry that you can get into and you can really make it your own if you want to because a lot of it's reputation yeah 
it's also one you can fail very quickly. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Well, Ollie, look, thanks, mate. Thank you. Obviously, thanks for sharing your story as well. I know sometimes it's not easy to talk about things, mm. but I think that just will give people a little bit of realization that actually just because you've had a bad yeah. time when you were younger doesn't define you as a person. Um, but you, you've certainly got a unique story. You've yeah. got a unique set of skills. And we're proud to have you here. Um, Appreciate that, mate. So, mate. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure as always. Thank you. Folks, don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, um, press each unleash, follow us on social medias. If you don't like what you're hearing, still follow us anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but follow us on all our social medias. Our, um, we've got a couple more episodes uh, to record. Um, so, yes, we've got lots coming up. Um, lots of ideas, lots of things to bring to the table. Um, we have uh, an episode coming up shortly where I dive into a bit more of my background my history which i think is going to be uh an eye-opener for some people uh but follow us on social medias and don't forget if you like what we do leave a review and uh, share it with your mates <laughs>